If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel. With me, as always, is my man, Kelly Eco. Beat writer covers the Houston Rockets, and today we have a special guest. I'm just going to even not bother asking Kelly how he's doing and go straight to our guest, Eric Horn. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for asking. Eric, now you, we have our we have our beat writer <laughs> who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder, Eric Horn. Eric, how are you doing, man? That's I'm fine, Mo. That's uh, that's highly disrespectful to my man, my, my man Kelly. Kelly, how are you doing? It's beautiful. I'm Friday. doing good, bro. Eric, I got to deal with this dude appreciate every day by text message, constant stuff. I appreciate like it's, you, man. You know, I know how he's doing, okay? Like, at a certain point, it's fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, of course, I'm kidding. I, I love my guy. That's why I enjoy podcasting with him. Uh, fellas, we're two games into the playoff series. Uh I'll be honest, I actually thought this would be a little closer than it appears. Uh, Houston Rockets are up 2-0. The the games haven't really felt particularly close. Uh, I want to start with you, Eric. What what are some of the things you're seeing right now, just your takeaways on either side, for the Rockets or for the Thunder? Well, um, I, mean, I think it starts with the Rockets' defense, and I'm sure that Kelly will – get into that because that's been a big theme through the first two games. Um, they, no, they played really well. And I think they've stuck to principles that work against this particular Thunder team. Um, I thought particularly last night, the Rockets defense was just wholly disrespectful of the Thunder uh, from the three-point line. They're just letting the Thunder just take any three-point shot they want, basically. Um, and they're not even bothering to close out to guys. And it's smart defense because the Thunder, more often than not, are going to have at least one and sometimes two guys out there who can't hit three-pointers. So, you know, you, you package that with a defense that is really packing the paint and, and, and clamping down on drives. And I think that the Rockets have a good formula to, to slow down this particular team. I don't know how that's going to work in the future rounds because I do think that this series is is essentially over. I think the Rockets are going to win the series. But um, it's working against the Thunder, and and it's working beautifully. Kelly, what are, what are you seeing? I mean, Eric's right about the defense and, and everything, but what are you seeing? What are you kind of taking away right away off these first two games? I think I agree with you from your earlier point of – you know, we thought that this series would be much closer, much tighter. I, I honestly thought it would be either 1-1 or maybe even 2-0, OKC. But I think the biggest thing for me is that the Rockets have found a way to win ugly. Um, you saw in game two, you know, the three-point shooting abandoned them. And, and we talked about it at some point. that It's, it's going to happen. Uh, Harden didn't have a good game at all. Eric Gordon missed 10 threes. Uh, but their defense is finding a way to keep them competitive. And like Eric said, it was whole, downright disrespectful last night. I think um, the most aggressive part of their defense is way is how they force the Thunder to kind of do things out of out of their nature. Like we saw, for example, Stephen Adams trying to create off the dribble, or, or um, just allowing you know Gallinari to take contested fifteen foot 
no turnaround jumpers. I just think that the Rockets right now, they're finding ways to 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 figure it out. Especially, you know, when James is on the bench. I think last night in 12 minutes, they had an offensive rating of 143.5 and a, a defensive rating of 79.5. Like, that's that's ridiculous. And over 26 minutes in, in that series, they're at a plus 41, like, without Harden on the floor. That's something where we thought that they were struggling wholly because without Russ, you know, and without James, now you're putting all the pressure on Eric Gordon. You're putting the pressure on Austin Rivers, Jeff Green to to create offense for these guys. But I think Mike D'Antoni has done a great job of, you know, his rotations kind of keeping guys on the floor who are able to to keep a defensive, you know, structure and defensive pressure uh, in those minutes. Yeah, it's I'm glad you brought up Eric Gordon. Because even though he's not shooting it well from three, shooting 12% from three, and that's pretty bad. Uh, and that's being nice. He's, I thought, done a great job getting penetration, though, right? And kind of, he's not the same as Russ in terms of the uh, explosiveness, the attack of the rim and things like that. But he's getting enough penetration that it's opening things up. And he's finding guys like House, who I thought had a really good game yesterday. And, and you know, Ben McLemore still hitting shots. You know, Tucker looks like he's shooting it pretty well. I mean, shooting 58%, so more than pretty well, I guess. Uh, I I was pretty impressed by that from him because that was something I thought that they were going to really miss with Russ, and I wasn't sure they were going to get that from Eric coming off the the injury. And then I'm also glad you brought up, you know, how they were playing when Harden was was off the court because this was a close game going into the fourth quarter, and I just felt like the bench unit blew it wide open. I You know, I think it was a 15-0 run with Harden on the bench. Uh, and then, you know, he came in and kind of continued it. This is this is tough situations here for Oklahoma City. Eric, what are you thinking? Like, what are they saying in terms of answers? You know, when you're down 2-0, having been into that experience, you begin to start grasping because, like you said, it, it, it feels like you're like, wow, this is really slipping away. Yeah, and, and that's how it felt, you know, just hearing Chris Paul talk last night. He was kind of at a loss for words saying that he has to play better. And I think that, that, you know, that's been one of the big themes of these first two games is Chris Paul just hasn't played well. You know, he had a, he almost had the triple-double in the first game, but, you know, most of his points came in the fourth quarter when the game was, you know, 20 points or more in, in favor of the Rockets. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like to, like, make it a whole indictment of the Chris Paul-Russell Westbrook trade um, because I, I think that, these like it's more than just these two games but when you see the way the thunder stylistically have played over the first two games i think it justifies the move that they made away from chris paul and it's not that chris paul hasn't been good this season because he's been great for the thunder um in terms of half court offense and being able to get them into quality shots time and time again he's been one of the best players in the league but i think what chris paul does it it works uniquely against a team that has, I, I guess, you know, a traditional center because he can isolate against a traditional center, get the center backpedaling and get to his mid range. Um, you know, the Thunder have been able to get to the mid range this in this series, but when they get there, they're two guys typically, and they're shooting six percentage points lower than they do from the mid range in the regular season. And that's a big difference. So kind of to, 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 to give credit to the Rockets again, um, you know, in those minutes that Harden's not on the floor, 
I don't think it changes the way that they played from where their reserves come in. Jeff Green, Eric Gordon, Daniel House, those guys are still pushing in transition. They're still drawing two defenders in the paint and kicking out. And I think that that's a mentality thing that trickles down from Westbrook and Harden. They are all in sync playing the way that those guys play, even when they're not on the court. And the Thunder aren't responding to me with the appropriate amount of pressure to put pressure back on the Rockets. I know that's a long-winded way of saying that the Rockets are playing well and the Thunder are playing well. <laughs> You're a writer. You're not supposed to be short-winded. <laughs> we, we need the, the, the eloquent stuff. But a lot of great points you made there. One thing I thought, Kelly, that was really interesting, too, was, you know, early in the game, and they brought it up on the broadcast, the Thunder were trying to play more in the center of the court to kind of make it harder for guys to help and, you know, to to – make it more difficult for the the Rockets to kind of load up to one side. But it was pretty impressive across their defense. I tweeted out a clip of P.J. Tucker going from helping on a drive to rotating and closing out on a a three-point shot. I mean, that's just kind of the the we've had so far in this series. What are you seeing on that end, and and what are the Rockets kind of talking about after the games, and what have they been saying? I think the biggest thing that they're saying is it's kind of a manifestation of everything that they talked about, all the groundwork they've done in the bubble, before the bubble, of just being scrappy on defense, you know, picking up for other guys, slack, communicating, rotating crisply. And you're seeing that with scram switches. You're seeing that with just rotations in general. Like, there's no – I think the biggest area where the Rockets have affected the Thunder is the ability to, to close pressure and close gaps. Uh, the Thunder, you know, with the three-guard lineup, they like to get into the teeth of the defense and and work their way inside out. But although you see, you know, Shea Giggs, you know, he had 31 points. You see Dennis Shorty at 13. Um, where the Rockets are excelling is closing those valves off. And they're allowing the Thunder to have to look for offense in other ways, like uh, there's Baisley or, you know, Lou Dort. And, and I talk about Dort because um, – I think it's part of the chess battle that that goes on in the playoffs. Like, you see game two, Dort is, you know, the best defender on Harden that they have. But, you know, in the fourth quarter, the Thunder like to play their best lineup on the floor, but it doesn't include Dort. You know, their five-man unit of Gallinari, Adams, and the three guards doesn't have Dort on the floor. So you kind of have to mortgage your offense for defense a little bit. And, And as Dort went off, you know, you saw Harden get going a little bit. So I think... Not only has the defense been aggressive, but the chess battles within the matchups have been impressive to watch. Yeah, Eric, talk about what you've seen from Dort. I mean, this was his, he didn't play game one. You know, I thought he did a good job in game two defensively on Harden. But but talk about what you've, what you're seeing from him, because obviously you got a way better, you know him better than I do. The, the thing that Dort does better than anybody else on the Thunder, and I think he's already you know, among a handful of guys in the league that I think are really good on this on ball is it's not even about the contests necessarily. It's about he prevents you from taking a shot at all. There, you know, James Harden only took 16 shots last night. One of them was at the rim. Um, and that I think it might have been when Dort was off. I think he might have scored on Schroeder. But Dort does such a great job of working to beat you to your spots. Um, he hustles really well. 
And then that forces you to pass on to the next guy. And credit to James because James became a facilitator last night and he really did a good job of setting up his teammates. But there are a few guys in the league and, and the, he's certainly the only guy on the Thunder at this point because Andre Robertson is, is essentially a shell of what he was three years ago, um, which you would expect because he went through you know, such an arduous rehab process. But he's the only guy on the Thunder with the combination of the, the physicality, the athleticism, and the and the want to to make elite scores give up the ball. And if you can do that with one guy, instead of having to bring help, that gives you an opportunity to win against a team like the Rockets who thrive on the help collapsing so they can get open corner three-point shots. And look, it, it helped the Thunder stay in the game. Once the Rockets cooled off from three, I think they started eight of 16, right? Um, you know, the Thunder were able to come back into the game. The Thunder's off the, the, the Thunder's defense really wasn't the issue so much to me as it was their offense. And it's been it's really been their problem throughout the entire bubble. You know, as as much as Dort brings to the table on defense, he's still not a great three point shooter. He ended up two of eight, but I think he missed his first five. Um, and then the guys like Dennis Schroeder and, and Chris Paul, who you'd expect to be guys who can steady the ship for you they just didn't play well and they didn't play with enough pace if you let the Rockets defense load up um, they're going to be able to load and stop you from getting to your drive Shea Gildas Alexander understood that I don't know why Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder didn't understand that and that's part of what I wrote about uh, in my piece last night um, they just played too slow and that just plays right into the Rockets hands yeah, I'm. I'm Mo, go Mo, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. One second. I want to. I want to. I want to ask you a question, though, Mo. Um, so earlier in Game One, uh, Coach D'Antonio talked about how he preaches that their man defense should look like a zone. In Game Two, how are you seeing that you know carried out, and also how are you seeing the Rockets' defense kind of forcing? the Thunder to play in different ways that they're that they're normally accustomed to. Well, I think part of it is they're really sagging inside. I mean, Eric said it best at the beginning, blatant disrespect to the Thunder's ability to knock down threes. Like, they're just not really worried about that. And you see it every time. When the ball's at the top, you can see it. You have guys at the elbows and at the, the blocks as, as defenders. Like, they're just saying, you're not getting into the paint. You know, you're, we're just not allowing you to do that. And I think that's something that's been it, like that. It looks like a zone because it really just looks like you're playing a one, two, two, but really, and then when the ball gets moved around, they're all just jumping out so quickly. And it's something I always kind of preach is you got to be at the help spots early so that you can get out. And I think the best defenses do look like a zone, but they're really man to man. They even said it, on the broadcast that he was getting complimented for his zone defense. And he was like, no, we're, we're playing man. Um, but that's what he wants. And I think that's been how they've really kind of challenged it. Like they've just made it difficult. And the hard thing too, is Chris Paul struggling against the switches. You know, there's nobody he can really pick apart. Like I love Chris Kelly. You love Chris, Eric. I'm going to just assume you, you love Chris. I don't know if you do or not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, hey, look, Chris has been great with us, and he's been awesome to watch this year. It, it's been a good change of pace from from the Westbrook years for sure. Yeah, but he makes his money by taking advantage of bigs. Yeah, well, they don't have bigs, you know. Like that's the thing. When when 
who's switching on to him? You know, it's another guard. It's another wing. It's it's somebody that he just can't blow by anymore. And, you know, that's father time being undefeated and being a bit cruel and just reminding Chris, like, you don't have that anymore. And in this scenario, it, it becomes challenging for him. He, he can't get he can't get by guys. He can't force rotations. He can't find the kickout pass and things like that. So it just makes it so much harder for him. And I think that's really just the biggest challenge for the Thunder is figuring out how are they going to really attack the switches? Cause I just, I, I honestly don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. yeah I, I think Chris, first of all, they need to put the ball in Shea's hands because I think he's the only you know, realistic hope they have of, of, of breaking down that interior defense. There's a clip that I put in the story I wrote um, from the fourth quarter last night when Shea came back in and the Thunder's offense actually got going once Shea got back in, but by that time they were down hell. 15, 12, 15 points or something where Shea gets the hockey assist because once he gets the ball off Chris Paul, it's not wait, let the defense set. It's one, two, crossover, go. Like it's it's immediate. And once he gets um, to the edge of the paint, he's kicking the pass out to Schroeder. Schroeder makes the extra pass. And then James is closing out hard on Chris and Chris is able to, to get by the guy, not because of anything that he has athletically, Chris, but because James is coming at him so fast that he can't control his movement. So once you get into the heart of the defense and you draw help, everybody's got to rotate, and that makes everybody else's job easier to attack closeouts. Shea's got to have the ball in his hands more to me um, because, frankly, Schroeder and, and Chris Paul have just played too slow this series. Um, and, and Chris has got to take some more shots off the catch because – if Shea can draw a couple of extra defenders, um, you know, Chris is going to have an opportunity to hit threes. And we know that Chris is a pretty good catch and shoot three point shooter. He just doesn't do it that much. Right. Right. It's a big one there. Kelly, what's D'Antoni, Coach D'Antoni's feel after all this? Like, how's he feeling after these games? And also, just a question, because I do want to get to Westbrook. You know, what's Westbrook's. Uh, uh, prognosis right now. Now that they're up 2-0, like we've kind of talked about it. Like I don't know if they're going to rush to bring him back or anything like that. But what are you hearing right. in terms of how he's looking with the quad and things like that? Well, the first thing D'Antoni said that all they did was take care of home court, and now they have to go to Oklahoma City. And w- when he told the team that, they kind of left him out of the room. <laughs> but you can kind of understand the mentality is coming from. Like even though this is a bubble, you know you still have to. It's still playoff basketball. Like, no matter if there's fans or not, they're still going to be, quote-unquote, home and away. Um, now, Westbrook, he did say that, you know, being up 2-0 does change some things because now you kind of don't have to worry about bringing him on th- to the floor too quickly. You know, had they been down 0-2, you, you might hear, you know, Russ is playing on Sunday or something like that. But now, you know, they can keep him out a bit longer. He looks good. From what I've heard, it's, it's getting better every day. He's been able to do some shooting and practice, uh, some standstill stuff. I think the most important thing is getting the strength back up in the quad, you know, because the, it's a muscle injury that can, if you don't treat it, if you don't treat it well, it, it runs the risk of seriously damaging yourself, right. you know, if you re-injure yourself. So I think the biggest thing for us is just to keep it strong and just take his time because now up to zero. If this series goes, you know, five or even four, you know, they can rest as long as the other the other bracket is still, you know, going on. 
Well, well, yeah. well guys, look, they, look, guys, they got Austin Rivers <clears throat> dunking on people's heads. They don't need <laughs> it's like that is you can, <laughs> that's exactly what Austin's it, saying. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's, cra- it's crazy because you know we like Mo and I talked about how they had to. It was almost going to be like a job a job at committee, like without Russ, you know, having Austin, Jeff, Daniel House, you know, Eric Gordon. Collectively, they've been able to kind of have some of that driving kick gravity that, that we're seeing. Like Gordon is able to draw on defenders. Austin's able to draw on defenders. Daniel House is, I think House was actually the catalyst for that, the fourth quarter run um, without him on the floor. But just those guys have been able to create pressure off the dribble. And that's, that's huge for them because, you know, now going back to what you guys said earlier, it forces the, the defense to suck in and, and the Rockets want you to do that all day because they'll get Tuck or they'll get Ben McLemore or they'll get, you know, someone else open. And I think that's going to – I think that's been the biggest key, you know, them not, them not, you know, having a beat off even without James on the floor. Yeah, that's, that's been big. Um, we do have to talk about Russ's outfit. Oh, my God. I mean – <laughs> I, <laughs> <you> texting <laughs> I texted Kelly right away. Look at AAU dad. I said, I said he looks not even a dad. He looks like the AAU uncle minus the phone clip on the side, and then <clears throat> and the Bluetooth. And, in the and, ear. and then Kelly the comes back with like, yeah, he needs the Bluetooth in the ear. Eric, what was your reaction when you saw Russ's outfit? I didn't really have a reaction because I'm I'm so used to him just wearing ridiculous stuff. Like I saw, like in game one, he was wearing the shirt that like had the that looked like he got attacked by like a like a large cat, and it had like the rips all in it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's standard rust. That's pretty cool. You can you know show off the midsection. That's fine. But like I had a comment on my story from last night where a guy said, shout out to Brent S. He said Westbrook on the bench looks like a crop duster. I have I have expected him to crack open a can of bush at some point, <laughs> and, and then and I, I was pretty proud of myself for this. But I said I think I saw Harden crack open one and cheers Westbrook with about ten minutes left in the fourth. So, <laughs> like, yeah, Westbrook is clearly enjoying himself. Um, it's great to see his engagement. Um, obviously, I love seeing right. his outfits, but like, like in all seriousness, like the impact he's had on this group, I think is. Um, and Kelly can attest to this. Like, it, 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 you can see it, it's, man. Like these guys don't, profound, they don't yeah. care, dude. Like they don't, they don't care who's in front of them. Like they're attacking everybody. They're all playing with fu kind of attitudes. And, and look, Austin Rivers has had that everywhere he's been in his career. But to see guys like Jeff Green, kind of who's kind of like a, when you talk to him, he's kind of like a soft spoken dude. Like Jeff Green's bringing the ball up, attacking guys. Like Eric Gordon's playing like you know some of the best ball he's played all year because of injuries and such. I think that Russ's like attitude is kind of permeated throughout this team. Yeah, it's been really impressive in in that sense. And I also really enjoyed when the Rockets were going on that run with Harden on the bench, he was all into it. Oh, yeah, he was excited. Yeah, yeah you you would just see it and they were all, you know, wrestling poses and 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 getting all pumped up for each other like that's that's the chemistry you want from great teams and I was really happy to see that in that regard. Kelly, you got anything else to add to that? Um, I guess I want to see because obviously, you know, when a team's up 2-0, there's only so many tweaks you can do as a, as a team that's down 2-0. Uh, um, I want to see what kind of t- additional tweaks that the Thunder do. I mean, we did see 
kind of Adams getting in deep post position. We saw a bit of a screen slipping. Um, I just don't think the Rockets respect their outside threats. Like, they'll let Darius Bazin shoot all day. They'll let Dort shoot all day. They'll let, you know, Diallo shoot all day. They don't really care for those guys. And I think in the, in the series that's supposed to be as tight as this one, I think you're kind of seeing the intangible side leaning towards the Rockets in terms of energy, you know, swagger, just being a better overall team. Um, I think that that goes a long way. You know, obviously Chris Paul is going to lead this team as far as he can go, but it's just been hard for him to get going. I think he was a minus 36 in game two. Um, yeah, that was... <laughs> It, like it just, he just didn't look that that good at all, and I just, it's it's been so hard for him to 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 get going because the Rockets have the Rockets are small, but they're still it's still sizable to him if, if that makes sense. So there's no breathing room, and I I just don't see apart from a crazy game where he just goes ballistic and goes like for thirty something. I don't I don't see them winning more than one game in the series now. Well, it- so, I was so you get, yeah, we were both wrong. We were both very <laughs> panicky after the, the Westbrook injury, and, yeah. and we should probably apologize to the so. fans if we scared any of you guys. Because <laughs> I look back, I mean, that. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure most people had a, a sizable doubt in their minds, you know, after the news because it just didn't look good at all. But hey, they shut me up real quick. Y- yeah, and let's let's just look at it this way: they play on Saturday, and then they play again on Monday. Eric, are the Thunder leaving the bubble Monday evening or Tuesday morning? I think they'll get one. Like, one thing that, you know, despite me thinking that Billy Donovan, um, you know, make be a little bit more proactive with his adjustments, you know, play shake, Joseph Alexander more, you know, maybe get some guys who can space it a little bit from the center spot, Mike Muscala, Darius Baisley. I actually haven't been – all that disappointed with Baisley's minutes because he, he just hasn't played that much. But um, hell, man, the Rockets hit twenty three pointers in the first game and nineteen in the second. Like, there's there's got to be a point in time where they're just gonna have a bad three point shooting game. Like, and, and when that happens, I think that the Thunder will kind of say, okay, because look, last night they weathered the storm of eight of sixteen to start, and I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> like they're gonna they're, they're gonna come out like this, like this is a problem. But they weathered that storm. They they hit three threes in a row in that third quarter, and the game completely shifted. So if they can just weather the storm in one of these games and actually get it to like the the last five minutes of the fourth quarter where they do their best work and the game kind of slows down, then. I think they'll get one, but I, like Kelly said, I, I really can't see him getting more than one. And mm-hmm. a big reason for that is like James hasn't had to work that hard, really. Right. Like he's he's kind of the credit to him. He's kind of just played within what the game is dictating, and I think he's had an easy go of it these first couple games. Like when he needs to turn it on, like he's going to be able to turn it on. Like he's going to be fresh. So I, I don't see the Thunder being able to get more than one right now. Yeah, I'm like wavering because I can kind of see this being a, a sweep. I think they have to get Saturday. I don't I think if they don't get it Saturday, I think they're losing Monday. I just think some of that's gonna be, you know, like okay, no teams ever come back from 3-0, all of that. Part of it is uh I wonder if this is gonna be a thing, but bubble fatigue and and, and like okay, let's just go home. 
you know, let's let's call it a day. I mean, I've been in series where we've been down 0-3, and I just knew th- that day going like, oh, yeah, we're we're done. We can start planning vacation for tomorrow. Um, one, two, three, Cancun, and all that fun stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I I just think it's going to be Saturday's game is going to be really important for the Thunder and. R- going to be interesting to see if the Rockets match that energy that, you know, hopefully the Thunder will bring Saturday to, to get that going. Kelly, you got, let's wrap it up here with parting shots. You got anything, uh, anything left you want to fire off that we haven't hit? Yeah. I'm not sure if y'all, if y'all see this, but every time James Harden wins like a battle of strength, he always like shrugs his shoulder. That, that thing is hilarious to me. I give you, if you saw the one with uh, Shea Gillings, whenever they they had a collision and Shea went went flying, Harden just got up and just kind of did like a little shoulder a shoulder rub. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> he does it all season long. Yeah, it's weird, but hey, I, I noticed. You noticed it. You liked it. Okay, and and Eric, what do you got? Parting shot. Um, look, credit to uh, credit to the Rockets, man, because. And, and I'm not I'm not crowning. I'm like I, I this thing's gonna look completely different once they get to a second round opponent. Um, you know that can actually stretch them a little bit more. I think the Lakers will get a little bit more rhythm. The the, the Rockets are gonna have a and it's presuming the Lakers win. The Rockets would have a hard time, you know, guarding Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, but look, I always credit the Rockets for being bold. Um, they went for it. They recognize that things need to change, and they immediately make changes. They did that with Carmelo Anthony. They did that with um, the Westbrook experiment. They didn't dilly-dally around and say, oh, it'll come together. You know, like, no, they make they make decisions, and they don't screw around. And maybe some of that's the urgency on the part of, like, Daryl and, and Mike and, and where they stand in, in, in Tillman's eyes or whatever. But I do credit the Rockets for, like, going for it. They don't, they don't screw around and wait for people to, like, kind of just – say, oh, it'll come together. And I think that, like, the Thunder kind of does that a little bit too much sometimes and say, oh, it'll figure itself out. No, man, like, y'all got to have, like, a plan. <laughs> and I think that – and I think the Rockets, you know, they have a plan. They, they they all seem to be on the same page. And it's it's been fun, man. It's been fun to watch them kind of come together and play some good collective ball when they're not even at full strength because that's, that's what you need. You need guys to pick up your your – you know, your stars when they're not um, at their best or they're injured sometimes. And then I think you got to give the Rockets and Daryl and, and Mike credit for, you know, making the necessary changes to, to maximize this team. That's, that's a great place to end it. The one, the, actually, the one last thing I have is I've been surprised at how well the Thunder have done rebounding. You know, all the games in the bubble, they were getting out rebounded by double digits with the two games in this series, you know, they're, they're just being out rebounded by an average of uh, eight and a half, which, you know, is a big difference from the 30, <laughs> the plus 30 they gave up to the bucks uh, during the, the games in the bubble. So I think that'll be something I'll keep an eye on more in the, the next round. Cause it doesn't seem like it's uh, going to be too big of an issue today. Folks make sure to read Eric's piece. The key number is 41.5. You guys go check that out on The Athletic. Make sure to read Kelly's piece about game two. I'm sorry, Kelly, I forgot the headline already. Hey, one more thing. Okay, go ahead. I told y'all about Jeff Green. 
I told you about the house. I'll be here all week. Oh, so the no. last thing was a victory lap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, for Eric Horn, for Kelly Eco, for super producer Andrew Schlecht, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out. <laughs>